We made it! It's Friday, December 3rd. We're both back in studio after a bunch of moving around. Today we're talking about sometimes why dealers just can't get to the internal stuff. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I be. They stop and stare when they see me. Get that deep Friday bounce going. Get the Friday. We have a lot coming up next week. We were just looking at our schedule, and I was traveling all day yesterday from like 4.30 a.m. to midnight uh, at a dealership. And next week, Kyle, we're going to Austin, Miami, right? <laughs> like We're going to be, be everywhere. Everywhere. It's going to be it's going to be a fun week. And so we're going to have to chop things up, do things a little bit different. But uh, I think it'll still be good. It's going to be a really cool week where we get into different environments in the automotive industry and uh, kind of learn from different people and learn with people. And I, I, I'm really excited about next week. It's it's kind of uh, it's it's the it's the culmination of actually a lot of work in different fronts that, oh, that we've yeah. done. Oh, good. So. That's I didn't even think of that perspective. We're going to yeah. be visiting dealers in multiple cities going to visit all of our friends at NAMAD, right? Which is going to be a blast. I, I hear that Damon Lester is is the man that knows how to throw a party. Actually, we should try to call him this morning. <laughs> let's do it. Right, I'm going to actually, <laughs> let's just speed up phone call Friday. Just go. And phone let me see Friday, if we can go. get Damon to pick up the phone. Damon's so busy. It's ridiculous right now. He's in pre-event mode. So I can't if, imagine what his brain is going through. If we get him. Heading into next week. I don't know. It says calling on my phone. But I'm not hearing anything. You hearing anything? No, it's all the way up. There we go. There it is. Just take a second. Just take a second. Come on, pick up. Pick. Is that up in New York? Come on. I'm I'm giving the over unders pretty low on this. I, I think probably too. Well, He's after like, what is this guy? After three rings, I'm gonna get a text message. Can I call you back? Well, you can, but it's a lot more. Oh, no. dang. Okay. Damon's, Damon's busy. He's busy planning, but we're going to be visiting him. We'll, we'll call somebody else today. Um, he's going to be busy, but we're going to be around. There's something about being on site with dealers and with their teams that is completely, completely different than being on a Zoom call. Like It really is, yeah, because a Zoom call, you, you kind of got elements flashing everywhere. I love, I love being on a Zoom call and all of a sudden realizing someone's just checking their email. Oh, and they're they're totally out. <laughs> Let, let's talk about no. This is going to be hard. It's going to be a hard conversation for us. Let's talk about Zoom etiquette. It's like you know when someone's looking at something that isn't the screen. It takes it a lot of discipline for someone who's a multitasker to be in the meeting because if you were in person sitting around a conference table and you're talking to a person like intently making eye contact with them and they're looking down at their screen. Right. That would be like the, the biggest. Diss. Yeah. You just stopped. Uh, like I've done that. It's right. like, well, they're obviously not paying attention. You stop talking. But on a Zoom call, you kind of have to keep going. Right. Because there's not that like body cue engagement. Right. Well, the, so, well, the problem yeah. is, is that you don't know. I mean, you know, but everyone isn't always depending on their camera setup. Like they could be looking off camera anyway. Right. But it's the eyes that give it away. Right. Because you're not moving on the screen. And if the eyes are going up, down, left, right. So is that rude? I don't know. Let us know what you think. Um, I think it depends on the call. If it's a working call. Right. And, you know, people are like working through. But I mean, we're probably losing a lot of efficiency on our Zoom calls of attention because we've convinced ourselves we can do so many things. 
right? But I don't know where I'm going with that. What were we even talking about? <laughs> no, we were talking about just being in touch with dealers, having communications. Really, over the past like three or four weeks, we have had a lot of conversations, whether on the phone or on Zoom calls or in person with dealers that have um, kind of uh, helped us realize that and and you said at the beginning like dealers have maybe a tough time slowing down but i'm realizing this is this is much broader than dealers or automotive vendors it's actually like a cultural issue yeah this is human right it it's so human to kind of like as you're moving through the forest right just swipe as many branches out of the way that you possibly can yep. hope that the ones that come back and hit you in the face don't hurt too bad yep you know to to extend the metaphor and, and all of a sudden you're like battered and scarred and you forget this like root, this ability to kind of like dive to the core of what it is that who you are, how you relate to others and what that means for like the, the day-to-day impact of how your business operates. And, and without something to ground you, a core guiding principle, core beliefs, mission or vision that 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 is even harder yeah it's you can observe things when you're in the room that you just can't on the zoom call body language you can pick up a lot about interpersonal connection how two people are interacting or, or with one another that you can't on a zoom call unless it's really overt right you right. can't pick up on posture how they're looking at one another how they're looking at one another be, it, when they're not speaking and so how many how many times in well dealerships the auto industry is so much go 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 there's so many details to be covered it doesn't stop you can't hit the pause button service customers are coming in sales leads are coming in right the OEM mandates are coming in the month end is coming in right you you can't stop like it's a machine that just rolls by itself and right. before you know it it really is kind of like you you look at marriages that go for 20 years and then they fall apart and you realize they fell apart because it was just a machine that was working because there's kids and schools and mortgages and they just rolls and rolls and rolls. It's just human, right? It's human to ignore the emotional things. It's human to ignore the relational things and not realize until later when, when a big breakdown happens, the same, the same, like that's true in that illustration with marriages and relationships or whatever, the same is true inside dealerships. And you and I like saw a lot of that over the last week or two. And you know, I would, I would say, I mean, I know we're not at the end of the podcast, but here it's a, mo- a good moment to sit and internalize that and say, and really think about like what relationships in your either dealership or your organization, if you're a vendor, which relationships need some work mm. and, and how can you be a part? How can you be a part of that work? Right. And you can wait for someone else to change, or you can say, you know what, I'm going to start working on fixing that broken, that broken thing, that broken line of communication, that broken system, not even system. I'm going to talk about broken communication because systems are built on communication that starts with two people. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I realize is that in order to do that well, you have to force or be in extremely intentional about periods of rest mm. and periods of rest happen in different ways. Sometimes that's a very dedicated non-technology driven one-on-one intentional communication meeting. Sometimes that's, you know, and, and a lot of dealers will like just absolutely curdle up inside is like, sometimes it's shutting down the store, right? Yeah. So that you can, so that you can see each other, 
right? So that it's not like another email or another call or something like that. Sometimes it's intentionally going, nope, pause, because the long-term value of us having these two hours or these three hours is much greater than the potential loss of business or ability to communicate with a customer. Oh, for sure. Um, and so whatever the period of rest looks like that you need to intentionally be, you know, like in the same, like intentionally be present. And when we say present, not in the same room, but emotionally and, and, and mentally present yeah. with the people in your organization, yep. whatever it takes, whether it's an hour meeting or a day of rest together, make sure and find those times within your organization to do that because that intentionality, like that's why families go on vacation. Yeah. Gosh. Or staycation. Yeah. Actually, oh, staycation. Yeah. <laughs> Staycations are typically, <laughs> if you can set a little bit of a boundary for yourself and know that you cannot work and do things that you don't typically do at home, right? Not just watch Netflix all day, right? But if you can do yeah. that, that is, what a refreshing thing. And so as a business, if you're a small store, it might be easier to shut down for a day or for a few hours. Um, this is a great time of year to think about it because a lot of people think Christmas parties, um, and intentional times of connection. If you're a larger store, it might be difficult or a group, but you can definitely have enough people to segment that off in like 50s. You know, yep. 50 people here, 50 there, 50 there. It, it's cool to do it in, I think it's cool to do it in a size where you can feel like you met a lot of people you didn't know or got to know something about people you didn't know, but not so big that it's easy to hide in a corner. Right. Right. Because all the introverts will just find a corner to hide in. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, and, and they'll be real stressed out about it. So, um, yeah, like this is a good a good time to do that. We've just seen the impact of that over the last few weeks and conversations and experiences we've had. And um, look, end of year, we're going to roll in next week pretty hard toward uh, resetting for 2022 and talking about some things and practical tips that you can reset. We're going to allocate next week to that. And uh, so we're going to give you that's a little preview right there. Let's talk about some news. Let's talk about some news. Let's do it. Um, so FTC put SmackDown on NVIDIA yesterday, right? Yeah. They were like, nah, too much, too many microchips under one roof, if you will. I know, right? This is an interesting, uh, this is kind of like the the first big, you know, news story coming out of the the, the FTC from like a, a litigation standpoint. You know, uh, everybody kind of expected this uh, when the new appointment to the head of the F FTC was put in. Uh, but this is kind of the first like gavel, especially in a time where a competitive, you know, market for chips is extremely important because yeah, that's the last we thing. need speed to market. That's the last that. thing we need yeah, is like, oh, let's let's bottleneck all the microchips under one person. <laughs> you mean like automotive did? Yes, exactly. Right. We're trying to like, let's never do that again. Um, I think it's good for automotive, this move, right? It kind of sets the yep. tone. I mean, I think it's good for, I think antitrust in general is, is good, is beneficial, right? Especially in a time where money and, and value and worth is, is moving at such a velocity that just, it, it's not even necessary. Like, I'm not even going to say it's like, it's not driven by bad intention. It's just no. like, that is one of the checks and balances of capitalism that we need, yep. right? We need, if you let it run rampant, I think human nature just runs it into like total domination. Yep. Yep. Monopolization for sure. Because yeah, because from NVIDIA's perspective, like why wouldn't you want to acquire something that's really good to- It's your to goal as a business. Boost net, net profits and you know- Right. Like, I want to sell all the cars in the market. Right. right? If I could. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, but then there becomes that counterintuitive nature where when competition stifles, grow, stifles innovation. 
Absolutely. Or lack of competition stifles innovation. Yes. It's called government yep. work, Kyle. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really motivated. Why? Because I can't get fired. <laughs> so motivated to try new things. Uh, okay. So let's go to a little bit, a uh, little more uh, specific automotive news. Yesterday, um, automotive news, the, the publication reported that, you know, Daimler's supervisory board signed off on a $68 billion investment plan for Mercedes that focuses on drum roll, please. You guessed it. Electric vehicles. And no way. Really? And get this, Kyle. I haven't heard this yet. Any other companies say this, but they aim to be at the forefront of electric vehicle production and software. I haven't heard oh, the any forefront. Other, I haven't they heard, want to be in front. I haven't heard any other company. Every other company has said they're aiming to be in the middle or at the end of the pack. And so right. Yeah, GM's like, what? Yeah, we'll let we'll let Mercedes get ahead of us. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they really want to be in the front, so we're gonna let them. But um, you know, tongue in cheek aside, so they want to really lean in on obviously the luxury segment. And in the area of premium vans, which is something that makes a lot of sense for Mercedes. I haven't heard anyone else say that. So there's a unique proposition for them. You think like pimped out transport vans, rolling offices to really come up with a platform that makes all that happen, I think is pretty sweet. Well, and you know, it's kind of interesting because you hear Mercedes, you hear luxury, but really a lot of their vans are, you know, transport vehicles for so many large businesses and and so and glenn lundy's family yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it makes sense because it's a it's definitely you know even though the luxury market is kind of a small market play uh you know you're you're mm-hmm. going after a smaller portion of the market actually luxury vehicles get into mass market plays by going uh you know com- commercial yep. uh, as as opposed to um you know just uh, regular market uh so yeah i, li- I, think- I like the niching down right because they can right. say we're going to do like delivery vans but like a lot of people are focusing on delivery vans like i want right. to sell the vans to amazon that's not happening and just, just leaning all in like on yep. the luxury side and on the transportation side um i think that vehicle transportation and that mobility that way especially in like a pandemic post-pandemic mid i don't know what part of the pandemic we're in if it's over <laughs> if it's not whatever part where you're in um more people are willing to take a, a private transport and right. maybe willing to drive a few hours in a really nice van than taking a flight, right? Mm, um, very true. You know, because a four-hour ride in a luxury van for an executive that has some work to get done is much more, or could be much more attractive than, you know, a one-hour commercial flight where you deal with security and deal with, like, the waiting and delays and things like that. Um, they're saying they think that, and I like this insight, that the luxury segment, they're betting that the luxury segment will shift faster toward battery cars than the mass market because of greater purchasing power. Um, that's that's a great insight. The dealer I was with yesterday was talking about his 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 big hesitancy over EVs because he's like, we still haven't gotten to any kind of affordability level that really breaks it open. Yep. You know, and that's still going to be a challenge because the trade-offs, we were talking about battery technology and the trade-off in the cheaper you make the EV means that the worse the battery performance is going to be, right? Lower mileage. And that just is going to be more inconvenient, right? And you're going to be forcing down market people to force, uh, you know, face these inconveniences. And I learned something about battery technology I never considered. He's like, oh, if it's really cold out, if it's really cold out, yes. he's saying that like, oh, we have a problem. 
And 20% battery loss. <laughs> I never even thought of that. Boom, gone. Yeah, like, we, my wife and I had a very early leaf. Like, this is back. Oh, man, that was probably like putting dryer cells 13. in a car. Yeah, it, I mean, it was super early. We had, you know, it said it was got 100 miles. It's really about, it was about 85 miles to a charge. Boy. But in if the it was winter, cold. In the winter, it down it went down definitely in the low 60s. It's right? like when you were doing highway. It's like. When you're doing highway miles on your car, right? So when you fill your tank up, it was like, yes. oh, it should say 420 miles. And all of a sudden, like you're not anymore. And it's like, oh, wait, why is it going down so fast? It's like, why am I at 370 all of a sudden? Right. Same same type of concept. And so, you know, I think, and, and speaking of like affordability or access, right? There's another level of access that is, you know, having these charging stations at your house even. Yeah. Like one- do you own the house so that you can, you know, that you can actually make changes to the house? Yeah. Two, if you own the house, is it updated and new enough that the power can happen in it? It's I a mean, real thing, right? It's just layers and layers and layers because everyone can drive to a gas station. Right. Right. So accessibility yeah. is is going to definitely be a key to the EV market being successful. And we got apartment buildings and we got all kinds of stuff. Oh, man. I thought we were going to have time to call somebody else, but we're actually out of time. (laughs) You know, that happens on Friday. We get excited. We're excited about where things are going. We think you should be too. Uh, We have an event, Automotive State of the Union Year-End Extravaganza, December 20th. Check it out on our LinkedIn event, Automotive State of the Union Year-End Extravaganza. We'll give you more details soon. Until then, do your weekend right. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know.